Don't stress out, nigga. Throw my chest out, nigga. Wait on my shoulder, bring the best out, nigga. Hey, yo, let's go, y'all. Let's run a report. Y'all ready? Let's get it. Hey, yo, what's going on? This is Dre E. I'm the host of the Minority Report. This is episode two, self-love and self-care. Just going to talk about a few things, um, piggybacking off the stuff we talked about in episode one. If you didn't catch episode one, you catch it on the Minority Report, and that's Report, R-A-P-P-O-R-T, Minority Report by Dre E. On your YouTube channels, I'm also on the Anchor app, so please get the Anchor app, download the app. It's just another streaming service for a pod, I mean, I, oh my God, for podcasts, um, just like Apple Music and just like uh, Spotify is. My uh, podcast should be up on those platforms sometime mid this week coming up. So I'm looking forward to that. But until then, you could, like I said, you can reach me on the um, Anchor app, download the app. It's easy, it's simple. Um, download the app, look for the Minority Report by Dre E and we're up and running, all right? So. With all that being said, let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's start the conversation. So episode one, we talked about dating. We talked about relationships, online dating, love, uh, men. We talked about women. We talked about some dudes. We, took about, we talked about some don'ts. So with that being said, um, I want to backtrack a little bit before we get into the relationship and talk about some things that we all should be aware of before getting into a relationship. So first and foremost... Before you get into a relationship, you have to be whole with yourself. We can't look for somebody to complete you. You can't look for someone to uh, bring you happiness because no matter what, if you're not happy with yourself, there's, there's not nothing anybody could do. Christ himself can come down here and try to date you and you're still going to be unhappy because you're not whole within yourself. So I stress that a lot because like I said, man, I, I I've been on this earth for 40 years and it took me pretty much all of damn 40 years to understand that I had no business in any of the relationships that I was in. And it wasn't because of uh, the women that I've dated. It was just simply because I hadn't gotten real with myself and I hadn't addressed some things that uh, occurred to me in my past as far as my trust issues when it came to women. So um, I started going to therapy. Uh, therapy is a beautiful thing. I know in most minority uh, households that we, we the, the whole therapy thing is like taboo to us. But I'm here to let you know um, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. Um, I start back up uh, in, in 2020. Um, just getting my sessions out the way. Um, because like I said, I just think therapy is just a beautiful thing. It's not one of those things whereas, like I said, it's so taboo in our in our hoods, especially in the uh, in the black uh, black neighborhoods and black uh, communities. Um, it's just it's just one of those taboo things. But therapy is great. Now, outside of that, if you're not going to go through therapy, it's 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 pertinent that you be a hundred percent with yourself. And the thing is, if you can't be a hundred percent with yourself, then really. Who could you be 100% with, right? So you want to always um, keep it 100 with yourself. Now, the problem is, and why so many marriages fail nowadays, so many relationships fail nowadays, got women saying that, you know, niggas ain't shit. You got uh, dudes talking about women ain't shit. It's just, it's like this uh, 
a battle of the sexes going on and we can't figure out what the problem is. But the problem is a lot of us, especially in the minority household, in the minority communities, we've experienced so much trauma before the age of 18 and none of us has really ever dealt with that shit before. Just, just to be completely honest. I mean, we, we're just going around because, you know, we're taught, especially in the black community, we're taught not to address those issues, to keep pushing on, to move forward. We're, we're taught all of those things. Now, like I said, um, as far as my relationships are concerned, I probably should have never been in none of them, to be completely honest with you, um, because I was I was not ever really willing to to uh, be 100, a thousand percent with myself because of the lack of my mother being there for me. Now, some of you who know me and some of, who know, some of you who know me well, I, I'll, I'll just explain it like this. Just try to sum it up real, real, real quick for you. So, um, me growing up before, that, before, I, before I entered elementary school, um, my mother had left me in the back of a taxi cab with, uh, with my brother, with my older brother, right? Left my sister in like a black, a bar slash grill thing. Um, and like I said, this is all, I was the youngest. This is all before I turned, um, before I went to elementary. So it had to be before I was five or around five. Um, but that's what happened to me. Um, so previously to that, um, my mom was, my mom was dealing drugs, selling drugs, um, things of that nature. Um, and we all got, you know, of course, we got caught up in all of that good stuff. Um, the Everything that has to do with the drug underworld, we was a part of that. Me and my siblings, we were a part of that. We got to, we, we see, we witnessed abuse. We witnessed abuse from my mom. Uh, I mean, not from my mom, towards my mom, from the people that she was dealing with. And all of that stuff is traumatizing. And then from there, once my mom left us in the, once, I'm, once my mom abandoned us in the back of that taxi cab and walked away, um, shit, uh, we ended up in the state, in the, in the group home. And then at that time, and I didn't realize, of course, I didn't realize and know what was going on. But that was my first experience with racism when I look back at it, because they kept me and my brother, who is who is a darker complexion than me. They kept us in the basement uh, eating oatmeal. Uh, every damn day. Um, and that was that they kept us in the uh, basement eating oatmeal. We couldn't uh, go upstairs and play with the rest of the kids and things of that nature. Of course, I didn't understand none of that when I was younger. And to be the quite, and to be quite frankly with you, Frank, and to be quite frank with you, um, I didn't care. I didn't know nothing about that. I knew I had my brother there, and that's what mattered to me. My older brother was there. He held me down. He made sure I was taken care of. So that's what mattered to me. As long as I had him, I figured I was good. And then you guys got to understand, like, when you're coming from... Um, a background like that, you don't even know that you being homeless at times, you going from house to house, you um, being made to uh, traffic drugs from fucking Oakland to uh, L.A. and anywhere in between. All of that stuff is normal to a kid such as myself at that age, because that's all I knew. I was born into that. That's that's what was going on when I came into this world. So I don't want anybody to think like, oh shit, you know, that's that. I mean, that's wild. That's crazy. Yes, that is wild and that's crazy. But I never knew that any of that shit was wrong at the time, right? 
So then we get to the group home and then we get to um, we get to the group home was there for about a year, year and a half, something like that. And so my aunties came and got us out of the group home, which was in turn turned out to be um, the best year, year and a half of my life, honestly, man. And then, you know, my pops came through um, after that year, after he got wind of what was going on, came through, um, you know, scooped us up. And, you know, I'm I'm looking at it like. Hey, man, my, my, my pops is here. You know, my life is about to, you know, really get even more better than it was at my auntie's house. Because at my aunt's house, yo, it was all love there. I mean, I, 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 that was, I guess that was the first time I witnessed a family unit in my in my aunt's house, in both of my aunt's houses. So um, it was all love. I mean, that was all love. And then, like I said, my, my pops is the one who, you know, instructed his sisters to come get us out of the system and things of that nature. Cause obviously my, my mother wasn't able because she was out running the streets, doing the things that she was doing. Right. So after that, you know, my pops came through my pops is my pops is in the army, uh, came through finally, uh, was able to come and get us and, you know, take us out of, uh, you know, take us from my aunt's house. And like I said, I mean, at the time, um, uh, I was in the first grade, I believe. I was in the first grade about uh, around that time when he came through and got us. And um, no, I'm lying. I was in the second grade. By the time he came through and got us, um, I was in the second grade. So he came through, got us. And like I said, I mean, this is my pops. Um, I've, all, I've heard nothing but good things about my father. And um, I was looking forward to it. I was I was the youngest of his first three kids. And then I was the, I'm, I'm actually a middle child. So. I get, we get, you know, to my father's house. And honestly, that's when, that's when I first knew that there was something going on wrong in my life, because that's when I first, my, I first started uh, witnessing both physical and mental abuse from my stepmother. Right. So that shit was just hell on earth. And it was, it was, it was traumatic experience after traumatic experience. Um, she she was honestly <laughs> she was she was the devil in my opinion um, when I was coming up because like I said I mean as soon as we get to where we was going and my dad you know got off a of leave which is vacation for people who don't understand military terms and he got back to work. The abuse started immediately and she started to train us immediately to uh, be afraid of her, to fear her. And, and I was, I was very fearful of her. I was afraid of her. And honestly, and honest to God, I mean, as, although I've been through all of that stuff in the drug world, when it came to my biological mother, um, just horrific events that was going on around there. I, like I said, I didn't know no better. I didn't, I knew uh, like I said, that was normal because I was born into that. But this abuse thing, I've never been abused by someone who was supposed to love me. Uh, so getting abused both physically and mentally from her um, from day in and day out for about shit, second grade to eighth, eighth grade. So for about six years, um, really uh, shit, really, really seven years because I failed the sixth grade because. I was bad as fuck and I I was I was going through so much that grades was not my priority. I didn't care nothing about that. But to backtrack and get back on track to what I was saying, um I experienced that abuse for seven years in that household 
every day and every day that my father was not around, it was um, it was beating after beating. Um, she gave me my first black eye. She gave me my first stitches in my forehead. She she made me had a made me have a fucking crooked smile on my top teeth. Uh, um, she did a she uh, she gave me a I got a I got a third degree burn here from a curling iron um, that she did to me because uh, I couldn't find some shoes of hers or something like that. It was just fucking hell on earth, man. And um, I say all that to say this traumatic experiences that happened throughout my life, especially with, I guess you could say, two of the most two of the most prominent women in my life. I mean, my mother at a young age, like I said, before I was in, in elementary school, she turned her back on me and walked away, right? And then I get into a loving, I well, what was I, I I leave that situation, I get into my auntie's house, and I finally get to see, you know, the definition of a true family unit. My auntie mentioned, my aunts, both of them, they held that down and, you know, it was all love. They treated us right. They did everything they could do. My grandfather, my daddy, Frank, he was, he was around all picking us up every weekend, uh, just showing us that love and that support that we needed at that time. And like I said, I was the youngest, so I was just going with the flow. But like I said, when I got to my father's house, that's when I knew that, no, nah, none of this shit is correct right here. Like, I knew that at that age, second grade, that I should not be getting beat up every damn day from my fucking stepmom. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what I knew, you know? So from there, man, um, my, my, from there, um, it got about, like I said, eighth grade. Um, I'm dealing with abuse. My dad, you know, he retired out of the army, became a truck driver. So, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't around. So, you know, that abuse, uh, matter of fact, once he became a truck driver, what my stepmom used to do, man, she just, you would, uh, she would beat my ass, man, straight up. She would beat me. Once she knew my dad was like out of the, I ain't gonna say city limits, but pretty much out of the state limits, man, she would like beat my ass and then, you know, kick me out the house. And from that point on, I mean, I'd be homeless until uh, she knew my dad was coming off the road. And then she'll call my, uh, and then she'll call the police on me and report me as a runaway. So then the police department would come get me off the street and take me home before my dad would get home. Now, a lot of you are saying, you know, well, why didn't you tell your dad? I mean, you know, if you've been abused uh, as a child, if you're a, a, a victim of domestic violence, then we understand each other and we understand why I, we didn't tell. I feared, my, I feared my stepmother more than I feared anyone and God himself, period. That's just is what it is. So... After abuse and all of that shit, man, I end up being homeless for the most part from eighth to tenth grade until um, uh, a couple of my home, my, my homie, my friends. I mean, they pretty much took care of me. Now, what does all of that have to do with dating and relationships? I never dealt with that. You know, once I, once I, uh, once my best friend took me into his house, man, I, I felt that family unit again, and it was all love. But I never addressed those issues that um, happened in my past. Those issues started to resurface for me once I got into the Air Force and things and things was just, you know, shit was just all out of control, to be completely honest with you. Um, so it was a whole maturation thing. But then I, was, I started to notice that in my dating life, um, shit, I couldn't give these women all of me because I wasn't whole myself. You know what I mean? I wasn't whole myself. I was, uh, I was... 
I thought I was whole. And the thing about it is, it's like, you don't, we we're, like I said, we're taught in our communities not to talk about these issues, not to like, not to tell on your abuser and all of that, man, that shit's for the birds. You know what I mean? They say what, I think, don't quote me on this shit, but they say three out of five girls are molested in their household, uh, or I'm sorry, are molested before the age of 13 by someone close to them, by someone close to them, mainly a family member. Now, like I said, I mean, we're taught, hey, we don't talk about that shit. This shit is taboo, but them motherfuckers, they're ruining our lives. Now, I wasn't molested or anything as a child, but I was, I damn sure was beat the fuck up as a child. I was abused as a child. Um, day in and day out for fucking seven years, like straight up for seven fucking years straight, I was going through hell. And I didn't tell not a motherfucking soul. And then the people, uh, the, the people that I tried to tell, the adults that I tried to tell, they didn't believe that. It was one time, I mean, I was in my house. I told my father, I mean, my, my, uh, my stepmom, she was, she was straightening her hair with a, with a hot comb. Um, black community, Latin community. <laughs> y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. That, that, uh, that hot straightening comb that you put on a, a stove, you let get high, you straighten your hair and shit. So one day my pops was actually at home and my stepmom was doing her hair on the hot, with the, the hot comb and just fucking burn me right here. Second degree burn right here on my arm. Just the fuck cause just because I was walking by and she fucking just hated the sight of me. She hated the fact that my father had kids before her and she looked at us like we was ruining their little happy family that they had. So from the moment we got there to the fucking moment, she actually uh, kicked me out the house. Uh, a little bit after my eight, between eighth grade and my ninth grade year, um, she hated my ass. She hated me. She hated the shit out of me for no reason other than I wasn't her child and she hated the fact that my dad had kids before her. And that's straight up what it is, man. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, um, while I was there, I did a lot of fucking, um, I did a lot of lying to my, my father. And a lot of that came from my stepmom. She would want me to lie. She would lie on me and said I did things that I didn't do so my father could grow a fucking strong disdain for myself. And he did. I mean, he, he looked at me like I was his fucking problem child. But when the whole fucking time, it was my motherfucking stepmom being fucking evil and evil as fuck. So I'm saying all this, and this is a PSA, a public service announcement. Um, we got to protect our children. We got to listen to our children. We got to start pick. We got to pick up on the signs of abuse. Um, if your children aren't acting like their old, like their joyous self, or if a child you recognize isn't acting joyful, children should be full of life. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying that they're going to be full of life every day. I'm not saying that, um, that everyone's going to come from a joyous fucking background, but for the most part, Children are pretty fucking happy because, like I said, when you're born into things that poverty and, you know, unforeseen uh, unforeseen circumstances and things of that nature, when you're young and shit, you don't really recognize that shit. You really don't, you know, peep game what's going on in the world really until you're in middle school and then people start exposing you to, um, that's when you really start to, well, that's when I really started to notice that I was different from a lot of fucking people, that I was a have not, that I was an outcast, that I was, um, that I was poor. That I, I I didn't um I didn't have the things that people had. I was ashy, man. I was uh, 
I never had a haircut. I wore the same clothes. I mean, my stepmom would never buy me shit. <laughs> One pair of pants, two shirts, a pair of shoes, all from Kmart and Payless. And that shit had to last me through the whole year. And if you uh, rock those things like I did, then you know, like after a month or two, that shit was tearing the fuck up, right? It was, it was just all bad, right? So again, I say this, pay attention, man. Pay attention to the kids. Even if you don't have kids, man, pay attention to your nieces, pay attention to your nephews, pay attention to your friends' kids, because there's telltale signs of what's going on. And like I said, I know I'm a father. I know he, um, when that hot home shit happened to me, I told him straight up. He didn't do anything. But like I said, I mean, as far as my father is concerned, um, I didn't, I understood once I got older why he never intervened. And that's a whole nother story. But back to this story. It's like, yo, there's kids out there with suffering. We've, we've, uh, especially in the minority community, we've, we've gone through a lot of shit. I mean, just growing up in the hood, growing up in the ghetto, and all of those things. No, I didn't grow up in the hood or the ghetto. Um, I'm from Colleen. I'm from Colleen, Texas. Um, but I was homeless in Colleen when shit. I was fucking shouldn't have been homeless. So, um, that's that. I mean, so. Life began for me way earlier than most people, so the maturation process for myself kicked in a lot earlier than my uh, than my peers. So, with all that being said, fast forward to my adult life, and I'm dating women, and um, it's just one of those things to whereas I never really took the time out to address those demons and to address the issues that I had with the two most prominent women in my life being my mother and my stepmother. And both of those women uh, let me down to no avail. You know what I mean? They really fucking altered the way I looked at things and the way I looked at women going forward in life. So it took me, like I said, it took me 40 years. I really started to notice this shit like around 35, like, yo, um, I really need to, uh, you know, address some of these things that I was going through. So when it comes to dating, it's like, we only love how we were taught to love. You know what I mean? And we could only, well, not, I'm gonna say we can't only, but we only love other people the way we were taught to love. So if we grew up in a household and our love was shown through selfishness, to be selfish or, or or if the love was very prideful, then that's how we're going to be taught to love. Now, it's it's one of these things, and I only use this as an example because I hear it a lot um, from women um, when they say that, hey, man, uh, they ain't no real men out here. These niggas ain't shit. Um, niggas ain't shit. Uh, and they ain't no real men out here. But, I, but honestly... Let's just keep it 1,000. Um, a, a lot of us has never even seen a fucking real man in our lives. That's just to be, that's just a complete unadulterated un, 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 truth when it comes to that fact. A lot of us have never seen a real fucking man in our lives growing up. We may have seen one from afar, like I seen my grandfather from afar. I see my father from afar. I mean, he was a he was a good man. I mean, he had a lot of good qualities, but there's some that there were some qualities that he was severely lacking. You know what I mean? And that's okay, man. I mean, um, 
But but real talk, we we've never we most of us we grew up in a single parent household, no father around. Um, your mom's is out here dating, you know, different types of dudes, and um, and I'm and I'm talking about this is not for women only. This is both men and women because we grow up without a man in the household, so we're forced to um, pick up what our idea of a man is from the 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 men that our that our mothers bring around, the men that's in our family. The, uh, the men that we see on TV, the men that we, you know, the shit we listen to in our music and things of that nature. And all of that, just like every other kid, is, is molding uh, what a man, what a definition of a man is. But a lot of us, like I said, we ain't never even seen them with fucking real ass men in our lives. And that's just the honest, the honest truth. That's why a lot of dudes nowadays, they can't really grow up to be men because they never really seen what a real man looks like. A lot of women, they have a lot of issues with a lot of men because of the lack of men being in their life, the lack of, of men being in their lives, meaning their fathers, or they never had an uncle to step up to teach them about men. So they're learning all of this shit from their peers and from what they see in society. And like I said, if, you're, if you grew up in, a, in the urban community, then we didn't have a lot of good examples of what a real man looked like. So it's always, it's somewhat, it's not always, but a lot of the times it's hilarious to me when when women that I know um, and I know their background, they say, well, uh, ain't no real men out here. Well, shit, man, we ain't never really seen no real men. Ain't no real women out here. Well, a lot of you guys, you know, your moms, y'all, your mother, y'all, your moms, I mean, she held it down. She did the best she could. And this might be a controversial statement, but your mom, man, she could do the best job she possibly can, a single mom. And she will do the best job that she possibly can. But a woman can't raise no man. And that's just the reality of it. There's certain things that a man can teach a boy that a woman can't teach a boy. And that's just the reality of it. So a lot of dudes is growing up out here without their fathers and shit. So... They don't know how to love. They, they, they never, we, a lot of us, we've never seen a man love our mother properly. Period. So like I said, we growing up, think, we're growing up and we're learning subconsciously the way to love people and it's just not the right way to love people. I read something, uh, uh, shit, I read something a while ago that said, the problem with most relationships is we get into relationships and we're trying to love the per the person we love or the person we're with. We're trying to love them the way we love instead of trying to understand how they accept love and how they want to be loved. And that's very, very important because if we don't know how if I'm with someone and I don't know how she receives love and she doesn't know how I receive love, then we're just going to keep on batting heads. We're just going to keep we're just going to keep ramming each other's head until we're over with, you know. So back to this self, this self love and this self care is vitally important that we work through the tra traumatic experiences that we've had in our past. That's important. I mean, if we got to read self-help books, um, there's a lot of podcasts out there such as this one um, that helps people work through some things. 
Um, there's life coaches out there. There's therapists out there. We just got in the in the minority community. We just got to get over that stupid ass shit that we don't talk to people about our problems. Because what we end up doing is, like I said, we bring all of those damn problems into every fucking relationship that we're ever in. And it destroys every fucking relationship that we're ever in. That's why majority of the people my age, including myself, is single. Because we never want to talk to people about our problems and we never want to address these, these things out loud. And the thing about addressing these things out loud and sharing these things, and I just shared a lot of shit with you guys about myself and I don't even give a hell. I don't give a shit, just to be completely honest with you. Because I know that my story is going to help someone out there. Period. So that's why we got to become more vocal. When you're comfortable, of course. When you're comfortable in becoming more vocal in your stance of who you are, then let's start being vocal. Let's start talking about these things. Let's start having these roundtable discussions about growth and about uh, uh, better the betterment of self and self-perseverance. Uh, we have to. We have to preserve ourselves. We have to heal ourselves for one to be whole with our partner. And a lot of us now, we have kids and we don't want to continue this, this cycle of just traumatic experiences and pushing that shit off on our children. That's just not what we want. We want to be whole. We want to be happy. We deserve to be happy. We deserve to live freely. But if we're harboring all of those feelings and all of those emotions and things of that nature in, and we're still holding on to family secrets and protecting the fucking very people who damaged us as kids and as people, period. We're doing our children, we're doing the children a great disservice out there. We really got to start, we really, really, really have to start becoming 100% with ourselves. There's a lot of shit that's going on in the world. There's a lot of shit that's going on behind y'all closed doors. There's a lot of shit that you guys have witnessed in your, in your childhood that you guys have never let out. From the bottom of my heart, man, I beg you, go, go see a therapist. Go see a life coach. Write that shit out. Go talk. Go talk to it. Go talk about it with your best friend. Go talk about it with one of your close cousins. Go talk about it with someone, because we got to start getting those things out. I remember, shit, uh, two thousand and five. It was, uh, yeah, it was two thousand and five. Man, I haven't been harboring all these feelings um, about my mother and stuff. My daughters, my twins were, shit, they were one one year. They were one year old. They were one years old. And um, I had, I, you know, I had been harboring all these feelings about my mother and things I wanted to tell her and things I wanted to address because I didn't want to rob my daughters of the love that they deserve to have from me because I was still holding on to some type of resentment and things from, I mean, for my mother. I had to be whole with myself and I still wasn't whole, but I knew that that was a big part of what was going to set me free to be able to freely love my daughters the way I freely wanted to love my daughters. So 
I was living in Vegas at the time. My, my, you know, my, my family originates from the Bay Area. So I took that um, 10, 10 to 12 hour drive up through, uh, um, up to, uh, to the Bay Area, stopped at one of my homies' houses and um, I stopped even with my childhood friend and I told him like, yo, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And he was like, word, and I was like, so I chilled with him that night and then the next morning came and I didn't want to go. And then he convinced me. He was like, "Nah, Dre, you gotta go. You gotta go, man. You gotta get that. You 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 gotta get that. Uh, you gotta get that chip off your shoulder. You gotta get that boulder off your shoulder, off your shoulders." He said. So he, he handed me a Garmin or Garwin, whatever you want to call it, the navigation shit. He typed in the address and he sent me on about my way, and I did. I went. I dressed my mother, and the thing was, man, before I dressed my mother and all the you know the shit that I've been through. I had to be, I had to be a hundred percent with myself and just let myself know that, I mean, I had to reach a point with myself and knowing that no matter what she told me, because now I had kids, no matter what she told me, it wasn't going to be good enough, but I still needed to let, I mean, I still needed to let her know that I turned out all right. And I wanted to let her know that I forgave her. And when I did that, yeah, man, that, seemed like some of the weight of the world on my shoulders had came off. So I had tackled that, had tackled that position with her. Um, a few years later, I finally got to address my stepmom and I finally got to stress. I mean, um, I, I finally got to address my stepmom and I finally got to address my father. So that shit began the healing process. But way before then, I grew up with this, this real close group of friends um, in Colleen. Who, who held me down, man. They held me down. And uh, I was able to talk to them about the things that I experienced as a child uh, growing up. And I just, like I said, I just, I just began to start letting, allowing myself to heal from all of the traumatic experiences that was going on in my life at that young age. And then, like I said, once I was able to address my mother, I was able to address my stepmother, I was able to address my father. That's when the real healing started to come um, for myself. And then just started to like really date women, like get in full blown relationships with women. Um, I, I started to uh, realize that I let them in, but I only let them in to a certain extent. I keep them at an arm's length, like right out of reach because I felt that if I was vulnerable with these women, that they're going to end up hurting me somehow, some way, because I've only ever been, all of us, all of us has only really been ever hurt by someone truly close to us. And for more, for me, it just happens to be my mother and my, and my stepmother. That's why for me, man, I, I honestly believe the traumatic shit that happened to me um, at an early age was both a gift and a curse. It was both a gift and a curse. It truly was. It was a curse in the sense that all of that shit happened to me. But it was a gift in the sense that at an early age, I learned at an early, early age before elementary school that that saying blood is thicker than water and family is always family. No, that shit does not matter. I witnessed it. I lived it. I'm still living it. 
some of my closest friends are my family. And I still, those, those same friends that took care of me from eighth grade till current day, I'm still rocking with all of them. Those are my family members. Those, those, those shout out to the Bonilla family. The Bonilla family took me in uh, 10th grade or summer of 10th grade, something like that. They finally took me in. And before that, shout out to my boy, Tom, uh, my boy Thomas, Monomai. You know, Mama Sylvia. God rest her soul. Took me in off the streets. They fed me. They made sure I was right. You know what I mean? So I know like I know I know that I'm sitting here today because of those people in my life. So when it came to those relationships, like I said, with women, it's different from the bonds and relationships I have with my friends because these these women, they really had the um, opportunity to really hurt me. So I always just keep, man, keep them at an arm's length until I really started to, like I said, I really started to do some self-evaluation and just work through some shit starting on my own and then just starting to talk to my friends who are therapists, psychiatrists, and things of that nature. And they was helping me get through some things, going to mental health when I was in the Air Force, uh, going through some things. And like I said, I mean, I probably got friends right now, some of my closest friends, my brothers and sisters in arms, who probably never even know I went to mental health while I was in the Air Force. Because like I said, it was taught that, you know, it was taboo to talk about, right? So I try every morning when I get up to have a better day than I did uh, the previous day. For one, because I'm blessed to even wake up the next day, God willing. For two is I genuinely want to be a better person. I'm genuinely trying to change the world. Some of this shit that I just told y'all that I've been through, I mean, I've seen a lot of shit. I've been through a lot of shit. So I'm trying to change a lot of shit. My goal is always to help the underprivileged, to help the battered, to help the domestic violence victims, to help the uh, victims of child abuse, to, um, shit, man, to cure homelessness. I was homeless um, as a teenager. Um, I, have a soft, I have a very soft spot for veterans. I'm a veteran. So everything that I've uh, been through in my life, I try to give back to it somehow, some way. Because, um, I mean, a lot of this shit, man, it just, it just gets overlooked, you know? But we got to start paying more attention. We got to start just doing the right thing, period. And by doing the right thing, we can't do the right thing. for, Like I said, if we're not whole with ourselves, we can't do the right thing. So I hope that um, I've shed some enlightenment on, you know, the things that's going on and how important self-love and self-care is. Because like I said, man, if you're not working on that for yourself, you're like I said, you're going to pretty much ruin every relationship that you go into going forward. And that's just the reality of it. And a lot of it, like I said, a lot of y'all, y'all, y'all have tucked it away and y'all have suppressed it so much because that's what I did at some point in time. So whereas I wasn't even aware of the shit that I was doing, keeping these women at an arm's length. I would confide in things with my homegirls and my homeboys and my cousins and shit that I would never tell my significant other at the time. 
That shit is bogus because your significant other should be your best friend. You should be able to tell that person anything without feeling like that person is going to judge you or this person is going to be mad at you or this person is going to look at you a certain way. But you got to get whole with yourself first in order to be, be that confident to tell someone the things that you've been through in your personal life. And like I said, to open up all of this dialogue because there's a whole slew of us out here that are hurting. Harboring all these family secrets, harboring all of these secrets from our childhoods and shit. And that shit is eating us alive. I got about shit. Half the women that I know either haven't had their father, have been molested, have been raped, uh, or some traumatic experience has happened to them in their lives. And a lot of those women I know, they're still single. Some of them, a quarter of them, or probably half of the half of them, are still blaming that shit on men. Like, nah, man, let's talk, let's talk about it. It's like we see it. Like, I'm not gonna lie, man. I was, I was victim of it, man. I mean, I see it on social media. Got homegirls who fuck shit, man. They got a, <laughs> they got a new man. Like literally, like every every quarter, every every three to four months, they got a new man. And they in love with them. He's their everything. And then four, three to four months later, this nigga ain't shit. Um, blase, blase. And I laugh. I'm like, and at times I'm like, yo, again. But I'm not gonna lie, because I'm always gonna be who I am. I, I get in a DMs or I'll text them, like, yo, man, you need to come, you need to come fuck with me. Come talk to me. Let's talk about some things. Let, let's work out some things. Cause I don't like the way it's. I don't like the way they're portraying themselves on social media. I just don't like it. Like I said, I'm, I'm very caring and I'm a genuine person and I'm genuine in my approach. Like that every fucking new, a new man and you got to post your new manner. Like, yo, let, let this shit work out first. A lot of people would talk about me and my, my relationships and things of that nature. And like, oh, you don't never post your girl and you never post your girl when you had a girl and you know what, blase, blase, that's none of y'all business. That's our business. The less people involved in your business, the better your relationship's gonna be. That's a fact. That's statistics. Statistics show that. That's a fact. So back to the women and and, and some men, men don't really do it, but a lot of women, they they really do, man. They, they Every new fucking guy they get, they posting this nigga, man. They all happy. It's all love. He the best dude they ever seen. And finally got a real one and all of this shit. And then the shit falls apart in three to four months. Because you ain't ready. You got to deal with what's going on inside of you before you're able to see this man for who the fuck he is. Shit, I want everybody to be happy. But I want you to be happy with yourself first. All right? So let me get down. So let me, let me, let me, um, I'm going to read a few things to you about, uh, about self-love, self-care real quick. Um, it says, recognize that you're experiencing, experiencing emotional distress or mental suffering. That's what we've been talking about this whole podcast. You got to recognize what's going on with you. Stop deflecting. Stop pointing at people. Stop blaming other people. Look at yourself first. And deal with that first. Be your own life coach. 
again, something that I, always, that I said earlier, be your own life coach. Sit your ass down. If you got to write it out, write it out. Let's talk about it. Talk about it with yourself. Try to work through it with yourself. If not, hey, I'm here. Life coach, dating coach, relationship coach, whatever you want to call it. I'm here. You can't work it out with yourself. I'm here. That's that. Um, decide what it would be. Well, I'm sorry. Decide what it would take to forgive yourself. A lot of us, including myself, blame me. I mean, I, I blame me. I blame. I thought I was a badass kid while my mom left me in the back of that taxi cab or me and my siblings. We were bad. Like we did something wrong. Um, I used to blame myself for my stepmother abusing me and hating me and and my dad like never really intervening when it came to that shit. I used to I used to blame myself. Um so and it took well well into my late 20s to finally, like I said, realize like, yo, that shit ain't had nothing to do with me. I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive myself for what was going on with me. Accept that the feelings is the feelings are there. You gotta accept the shit. You gotta accept what's going on with you inside. You got to accept that and you have to start addressing that and you have to start working on that. Let's see. Act on what you need rather than what you want. A lot of us, we need self-care. We need self-love. A lot of us want a relationship. A lot of us want a man or a woman to do that for us, to take care of that for us. No, what we need is self-care and self-love before we start looking at what we want, okay? Think about how everyone messes up sometimes. We're not perfect, man. And you know what? That's that's a good thing. That's, that's a good note that I wrote down. Um, we're not perfect. It took me 40 fucking years to come to a head with myself and say, you know what, Dre, man, fuck these niggas. You know what I mean? Like, for real. Like, fuck what they talking about. Fuck what they think. It don't matter. And the crazy thing is, man, I used to be one of these dudes walking around like, I don't really give a fuck about what people say. And I, and, and I really didn't to a certain extent. But I really thought I never gave a fuck about what really anybody said outside of my closest friends. But then I realized that I really gave a fuck about perception and how people perceive me. So when I went through this 2019, it ended up being the worst year of my life, man. I mean, I did a lot of downsizing in my life. Um, I lost a lot of shit in my life. Um, and, I, and I was worried. I was, I was like, well, shit. How they gonna perceive me if I ain't driving this $80,000 Lexus no more? How they gonna perceive me if I ain't living up in the fucking bougie ass neighborhood that I'm living in? My people, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering this shit about my people because they're all judgmental, but fuck them. Cause you know what? They going through their own shit. Everybody going through their own shit. A lot of us just do a better job at hiding what we go through. I'm done with all that. How you see me and how you meet me at, how you see me and how you meet me, wherever it is in my life is how you see and how you meet me. I'm not fronting for nobody. For what? Because if you're not around me to inspire me, to motivate me, to make me want to do better, I don't need you around me no way. So I know y'all, you know, they're going to get behind their, you know, 
their screens, talk that shit on social media about you, talk that shit behind your back, but that shit don't even matter. I'm so, I'm so at peace with myself and I'm so whole with myself. It really doesn't matter what too, too much of anybody thinks about me at this point. And I'm just being honest. I have no reason to lie to nobody. I have no reason to want to front and want to keep things from anybody. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you. You might not like the you might not like the answer, but I'm gonna tell you. But yeah, we ain't, nobody's perfect. Nobody walking this earth is perfect. So stop trying to stop trying to stop feeling as if you have to be a be perfect, especially around your family and your loved ones. They fucking up too. Trust me. Some of them are way worse off than you are. They like I said, like I said they just do a better job of hiding it. Um, let's see what else. Set boundaries. Love yourself more. Uh, I'm sorry. Set boundaries. You'll love yourself more when you set limits. And that's true. That's exactly what I just said. Pretty much. A lot of us is out here living for other people and for what other people may think and what other people may say. Fuck those people. Live for yourself. If you have kids, live for your kids. If you have a significant other, live for them. You guys should be, especially if you have a significant other, you guys should be moving as a unit, period. Move as a unit, move together, and should no one be able to come in, to be, should no one be able to come in between that? That's your mama, that's your daddy, that's your brothers, your sisters, your, uh, your, uh, your cousins, your family, period. That's why a lot of us are single as well. We too busy listening to our mama. And not to disrespect anyone's mama, but shit, some of y'all mamas been in fucking four or five relationships in three or four marriages. What the fuck do they really know about marriage except for that it's failed for them a lot of times? But you steady taking that advice from your fucking mama. Like, I mean, come on. Or your daddy, whoever. But it mainly comes from mamas. Just being real. But a lot of that shit comes from their bitterness. And a lot of that shit comes from the fact that they never addressed their fucking problems and the things that they, that they had going on when they was coming up. All right. So I'm long-winded. I appreciate it. Share. Show the love. Share the pod. The Minority Report. R-A-P-P-O-R-T. By Dre E. I am King Dre. Ask Coach Dre on the Instagram platform. Um, you can download the podcast on the Anchor app. Like I said, I should be on Spotify and Apple sometime midweek, um, hopefully. Peace and love, y'all. It's been real.